welcome to the Shark Bite Show, where we dive into the stories of our members, coaches, friends, and family of Shark Bite Fitness and Nutrition. All right, let's roll. Uh, hi, everybody uh, listening. This is Nick. We are here with one of my very best friends, Joe Carey. Yeah, Joe Carey. Yep. Joe is a member at Shark Bite Cape Coral, and he has been here for, what, Joe, like four and a half years? Four and a half years. Yep. Uh, Joe is the eldest member at any of our gyms. Uh, Joe is 77 years old. Um, he is really, really fun to hang out with. He, he wants Decrepit. To... Decrepit 77. <laughs> uh, obviously very shy. We're going we're gonna to dive into his history and a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, so, Joe, hi. I did not fight in the Civil War. Okay, Nick? I did not fight. <laughs> So that answers that question. That's because you were a pacifist on the side, right? Uh, no, I wasn't born yet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe, so uh, who are you, man? Tell, tell me and anyone listening a little bit who about your history. Who am I? I'm a retired old guy just trying to make it through every day. <laughs> so that's why I come to uh, CrossFit, trying to stay active. And uh, tell you the important thing about it, too. This is for anybody that's old that's listening. When you go to work out, you get to mingle a little bit with the younger people, which you don't get to do when you're in these little communities with, uh, you know, just fellow old people. So you get to see new ideas, try different things, and the fitness level, it kind of excites you to move to the next fitness level. And it's been very good. The CrossFit's been very, very good to me. Okay? Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. So... We we're, we're going to talk about fitness stuff a whole bunch. I'm, I'm going to pull you back on track here. What? Uh, uh, <laughs> that's uh, hard. Dorothy, my wife, Dorothy, has been trying to do that for 55 years. Any Anybody who's ever been in the gym and witnessed a conversation between me and Joe, um, this is going to be very similar to that. So fair warning to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> talk to me about your, your history way, 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 way before. Charlotte. Way, 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 way. I started grammar school. And uh, I went to a Catholic grammar school. Didn't like that very much, because very rigid, very rigid. So then I went to a public grammar school. Then I went to high school and I discovered women and booze. And that was the end of Joe, all right? So then <laughs> I wound up uh, going to a boys monas in a monastery school in Oklahoma, in Shawnee, Oklahoma, from New York. Uh, troubled youth, troubled youth. So. Uh, my dad uh, drove me out to Oklahoma and dropped me off at the front door with the trunk and said, I'll see you having that great life. And I was 14 when I went out to Oklahoma. So I went to high school and college in Oklahoma. And I met Dorothy, my wife, in Oklahoma. I enjoyed Oklahoma, even though it was very country. All right, very country. And I was a city slicker. Mm -hmm. All right. But it was nice. It was different, different, honest people, really nice people. And then I got married, went, I got drafted, which I hate talking about. I didn't particularly enjoy the army. And I, like I said, I got drafted. I didn't volunteer for this. I, and left the army with a tumor in my knee. So they discharged me and uh, went to work as an electrician. I got married. Had a child almost right away. So as an electrician, 
I was an apprentice and it was nice. It was a good, good trade. Went to school at night, went to night school, uh, two night schools. One was college and the other was the apprenticeship school and worked various jobs and then started on new construction. And one of my first jobs as an electrician, a full-fledged, what they call an A electrician, was on the trade center. And that was 19, end of 69, beginning of 1970. And uh, worked there for a couple of months before I got another job and another location, uh, another building. And I worked on high rises, uh, office buildings uh, for years, uh, maybe 10 years, 15 years. Then uh, I read a manual that came with the system when computerized systems first came out. And that made me an expert because I read the manual. <laughs> so I became the go-to computer guy, even though I didn't really know what I was doing. And I became the official plug putter on her. All right. Now, you, you got, younger guys will probably know. Uh, all this stuff has to be plugged in, right? And I was the only guy that was sober enough to put these plugs on properly. So they wouldn't fall off. It's very embarrassing when you're charging like $100 for this plug and it falls off. So that was my job for a couple of years. I walked into construction sites in, in really nice clothes and had a little fishing tackle toolbox with my little crimping tools in it. And I would be like my own boss. So, then, <laughs> But before that, I worked on the heights. Basically, I did a lot of high stuff. Yeah, uh, you, you've told me about being up on top of buildings, right? Oh, yeah. I've been, yeah. I put lightning arrestors on top of buildings. So those are the, the big metal poles that are on the top? Well, they're, they, yes, they're poles. They're not as big as you think they are. They're smaller. But they're CAD welded. They're welded to the steel, structural steel of the building. And that's the electrician's job is the CAD welding. And uh, funny... One building, asked the plaza I worked on, it had it welded over the side of the building. So I had my partner hold my belt. <laughs> this is before <laughs> safety. There was no real OSHA or anything. And we had to get this done. So I, I CAD welded it with him holding onto my belt just as a, a safety thing. That sounds like absolute insanity. Well, I'll give, give you, for instance, on the height stuff. There was a fellow that used to hide in... You dress in a shanty, it's a shack, right? And you change your clothes there because you, you don't want to go home in these clothes. They're filled with oil and, and gunk. So, <clears throat> excuse me, a guy would hide in the back when they shaped up in the morning to pick crews. And I had my job and my job was to weld supports on the steel for these electrical pipes that were coming up. So that meant I was up where there was no elevator, there was ladders and broken staircases. So this guy would hide. And one day they picked him to work with me. So I said, come on, I forget his name, Bill or whatever. But he was from Long Island where the tallest building was short. He never worked on anything over two stories high. <laughs> now we're up on the 56th floor. <laughs> And we hit the staircase. That's where the temporary wooden elevator, you know, the elevators that run outside the building, right? They stop. Now you get to a, a, a floor without concrete, wooden floor, before they pour the concrete. 
Then you get to the staircase, which is half finished. So as you're going up, you're missing pieces of stair. So <laughs> this poor, but they had the railings on. So this poor guy is scared out of his mind. And I'm not, I'm not paying attention to him because I'm carrying all this cable and stuff. And he's got some cable with him. He panics because now you hit the portion that there's no sidewall. There's no anything. It's 56 floors that way. So he grabs a hold of the railing and won't let go. So I, I couldn't get him. I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't release him. I mean, he was frozen to this railing. And he, the strength in a person that's scared is unbelievable. So we had to call the emergency services and they come up and they like secured him with belts and things, which made him feel better. He finally let go, but that was panic with heights. That's, I've seen it. But that's not the worst place I've ever worked. Oh, no. No. The worst place I ever worked was in between jobs when things got slow in the building trades. I had to travel. So I went down to New Orleans. And a little town outside of New Orleans, they were building a nuclear power plant. And I worked on the nuclear power plant. And uh, that was probably one of the worst jobs that I ever had. Why is that? The people were unbelievably insane. They were trailer park people plus 10. They were, what they do is they would buy their electrician cards in some little place in the middle of nowhere and then hit these big jobs. So they were real scummy people. Mm -hmm. You know, the kids were all dirty with dirty diapers. They were drunk all the time. And it was just like the pits. And I'm thinking to myself, with all the mistakes I saw, I hope they never opened this place up. Oh, man. And they didn't. It never opened. Thank God. But uh, another lousy place, since we're talking about work, was the subways in New York. I worked uh, more like a foreman-type job where I measured things. And I would mark the side of the walls. Now, the tunnels have beams. And they have right-of-ways where you can hide from the trains. You know, you get out of the way of the train. Like if you're, if you're doing work, so you can get out of the way. If you're working. Now, <clears throat> when you're actually working in there, you have a flag. You have somebody with you, and he uses a lantern to stop the train. But I was on my own, so I didn't have a flag, man. So I had a flashlight. And up meant go ahead, and sideways meant stop. And I'm going... Oh, wait a minute. Was it the other way around? One of the ways. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I never did it. I always hid in one of the cubicles. I'd hear the train coming. And they're moving. They're doing a good clip. And I worked nights on that. And I would wander the subway tunnels, marking off places where these switches, I'm not going to, where these switches went with this paint stick. And that was my job. And it was brutal. All you saw was at 3 o'clock in the morning in the subway tunnel of, of bums, homeless people, drug addicts, and criminals. And one night, the cops come running down. One morning, I said, the cops come running down. They're shooting at a guy who's shooting back at him, And I'm yelling, I'm here. <laughs> Don't shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy hit the third rail and electrocuted. Oh, no. Yeah. Man, the, the subways in New York are probably the, for anyone who's never been there, the dirtiest place I've ever been in my life. Oh, they're filthy. Yeah. 
I, I could tell you a story uh, about a police officer. Uh, a Brit, this is when women were just being hired, and they had two separate police departments. Actually, three, I think. One was the transit police for the subways and buses, okay? And the other was the New York City Police Department. And I think there was a housing police, all right? I'm not really not sure. This young girl in the uniform that didn't fit her well, must have weighed about 90 pounds, comes onto the train I'm on one night, and there's nothing but thugs at two o'clock in the morning on the subway, except for this poor little girl. So she stayed on the train with me because it was her first night. And I'm saying, she had a, the gun took up half her body. <laughs> I mean, it was like, uh, it's like, oh, this poor kid. <clears throat> They, they got to put her on days. Yeah. I don't know what happened to her, but she spent the shift with me on riding on the train because she was kind of scared. Well, for anyone who's not watching this, Joe is like six foot two, like 240. Oh, I was a mean guy then. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was, I was strong and young and virile and <laughs> a predator. I was a predator. <laughs> um, what about, so, so we're talking back then. How did you end up down here in Florida? Uh, long stories. Always a long story. You're right. man. You're right. old. You got uh, a lot of long stories. Okay. Nine eleven happened. Mm. Dorothy was working at St. Clair's Hospital in Manhattan. I couldn't get a hold of her. All right, and I was very worried because she wasn't close to the Trade Center, but close enough. Plus, to the emergency, and nobody knew what what it was, whether it was chemical or anything else. All right, they didn't know. Nobody mm. knew anything. So I tried to get a hold of her. I couldn't get a hold of her. And she lost, not people, but a couple of ambulances that were at the Trade Center. And she, they geared up for all this, and it was just tragic. And that hospital went bankrupt, so Dorothy needed employment. And I was retired by then because of the broken neck. So we moved to South Jersey, and... Then from South Jersey, we lived there for almost 20 years. And then we moved down here to Florida because Dorothy took a job in Kansas. And I would commute on weekends. It was a nice gig. I mean, it was nice. Between I, Florida and Kansas? Uh, between Jersey, Florida, and Kansas. Jersey and Kansas yeah. and then Florida and Kansas. And uh, during the nice weather, Dorothy would commute back home. And during the lousy weather, it was my <laughs> job to commute right, in the snowstorm. <laughs> So I said, I came home one time from uh, to New Jersey from uh, Kansas, and the snow was about 22 inches deep, and I had to shovel it out. I just said, no more. So that's, my cousins all lived in Florida, so I came down to visit and bought a place. How long ago was that? Eight years. Eight years ago, okay. Eight and a half, eight and a half years ago. Can we, can we act like you didn't just skip over the fact that you said after you broke your neck? Yeah. What? T- tell people about that, Joe. Uh, well, I had an accident at work, all right? And then I went body surfing and uh, slammed my head into the bottom of the beach (laughs) because they had warnings up, you know, only 13-year-olds and fools body surf when the red flags are up, okay? So, uh, realizing that Dorothy would kill me, if there was anything really wrong, I crawled up to where the blanket was and laid there. And then finally they helped me in the car and Dorothy drove home. And the next morning I woke up and I was paralyzed. 
So I had to go to the hospital and went to Mount Sinai and I got this world-renowned surgeon because Dorothy worked there and uh, he operated. Then it was a seven-hour operation. I, I knew that you'd broken your neck. I didn't mm. know you were paralyzed. Holy crap, man. Yeah, well, I woke up. I couldn't couldn't move. Yeah. I was fine until I went to bed that night. Mm. And uh, they he said it. each little incident worsened it. Mm-hmm. And what happened was a piece of the bone broke off and went into the spinal column. So it drained the fluid in that part of the spinal column. So that's why I have trouble with this hand mm-hmm. all the time. So, I mean, if we're going to talk about medical stuff, I I have more orthopedic stuff than anybody, you know. Right. You, you do. Let's So, yeah, let's do a let's do an abbreviated version of that, because I don't think there's enough memory on this recording device you, it's to like go through it, all your injuries. All right. Because uh, I think, hold on, so that's really important. Anybody who doesn't realize this, Joe works out with us pretty much every day and has mm-hmm. been for almost four, what we say, four and a half years four now. Four and a half years, yeah. Uh, and that's really important, because I think a lot of people will be really interested to find out that you're able to do that after these. You can, if you play it smart and have the right coaches, mm-hmm. all right, I'll give a kudos to you, even though I hate it, it, it kills me to do it. All right. <laughs> it's a public kudos to Nick. No, all right. <laughs> Sorry, Stephanie, but uh, yes. All right. It's injuries. All right. You need co- good coaches. That's a, a thing. If you're going to work out, cause you can hurt yourself, but, Football injuries, I had knee surgeries in football. Uh, Broke my fingers a couple of times, two or three broken fingers. Work injuries, knee surgery from work, uh, slipped uh, on a wet floor. Uh, Hitting the head with a piece of steel. Uh, What else? Uh, Broke my foot. And that's an interesting thing. I had to go to work with a broken foot and it was one of the bones in the foot. So my friend who was, was the doctor, this is a different times now, <laughs> all right? Says, okay, Joe, all you need to do is put your work shoe on really tight, okay? And you can do it. So I did, I put my work shoe on really tight and managed to go to work and then come home and got drunk and went to bed, all right? Joe, have I, have I ever told you about the, my foot in Iraq? No. No. I did. I did the same thing. I got it's called like a Liz Frank fracture. I broke my foot in Iraq, and we didn't know what to do about it, so we just duct taped my boot every day. <laughs> well, that <laughs> happened to me in a football game the first time, and this bone was weak because I got it stepped on in a in a football game. I came off, and the damn thing was swollen, so they cut my shoe off, froze it with the free zone duct taped my shoe back on, and sent me back in the game, and I couldn't feel my foot. All right, so I'm running like some sort of like really weird person. (laughs) (laughs) So, and then I uh, broke my neck, had the neck surgery. Uh, I've also had a bunch of uh, shots in the spine. Uh, The facet joints that come off your spine, there's a, a way that they inject that with an electronic needle and they kill that nerve. So it takes away some of the pain because I have degenerative something at a facet joint, but I don't pay attention to that. That's <laughs> that's irrelevant. You know, I don't, I don't want to hear that stuff. Mm. But I've had mostly orthopedics and then I had one hernia and uh, three strokes. I was going to add, okay, so you want to talk about Irma? Remember the mm-hmm. car ride for Irma? The stroke for Irma? The stroke? Yeah, sure, I'll mm-hmm. talk about the stroke. Yeah. yeah. Uh, funny thing, uh, 
I had the first stroke years ago and I didn't even know I had a stroke. I thought I slipped on the curb walking the dog. And apparently <laughs> I didn't want to slip <laughs> on the curb. I had a stroke. Uh, the second time I was driving in an evacuation from uh, Florida for the hurricane and I was going up to Tennessee. This is the one where I was talking to you, right? Yeah. 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 And uh, we're going to visit a friend in Tennessee, a really good friend, uh, which is a whole nother story. But the stress, we went 10 hours and we just got to the border of Florida and Georgia. 10 hours. It was bumper to bumper to bumper to bumper. I'm running out of gas, trying to call motel. Arthur's trying to call motels, and there's no room at the end. There's nothing in any place in Georgia. The stress got to me. And meanwhile, I had put up the hurricane shutters twice because I did it wrong the first time. I didn't realize there was a puzzle to it. You know, you could actually put them in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. So I was totally stressed out and I had the dog with me in the car and he was acting up and it just stress. Well, the, so for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about during Hurricane Irma, what was that, 2018 or 19? Yeah. Uh, where we live in Cape Coral, you know, this happens every, for anyone not in Florida, this happens every single time. They project that your world's gonna end yeah. about a, a thousand times and then it changes every 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. But we finally got the the basically like if you don't leave Cape Coral, you're going to die alert mm -hmm. turned out to not be that big a deal. But lots of people like a lot of people on the West Coast of Florida evacuated a lot. Yeah, it, it was packed and there was no gas. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a, a real sticky situation. It could have been better managed somehow. I don't know how. I mean, I have no answers to it, but there I, must be a way. Yeah, I remember being really impressed at how they were still getting supplies down here, mm -hmm. you know, because uh, I remember like Tyler and I were driving around to people's houses and like putting up boards for like the single moms or the mm -hmm. people who like their parents where they had like a job or like the, our friend Ty was a cop. He couldn't come home for like four days. Mm -hmm. So we covered up his house and drew a bunch of rude things on the plywood. But <laughs> I remember definitely being impressed at how the gas and supplies were still getting down here. But, yeah, but the yeah. exit was wild. We, did, we didn't leave, but I remember the exit was wild. Uh, I'll never leave again. Yeah, it never. That was just too much. It was uh, too much because I was worried about Dorothy and the dog and this, that, and the other thing. So make this story longer. I had a stroke, and uh, with that stroke came another stroke. So I had two strokes, uh, simultane almost simultaneously. And the funny part, I was driving, and the traffic opened up. So now I'm doing seventy uh, in Georgia. And I said, oh, my gosh, the lights started blinking and my eyes felt like they were rolling in my head. And I said, and I said to Dorothy, I'm pulling over. And I pulled over from the left lane to the middle, to the right, to the to the uh, curb. And I said, Dorothy, you're going to have to drive. There's something wrong. And she's OK. And I get out of the car. We switch places and. Uh, she drove to a hospital, which happened to be a stroke center, which was the next exit. Lucky. Wow. And I got the TPA, I think they called it, the shot. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went from being whoa to being normal in like 20 minutes. I mean, it was like amazing. So if you have any symptom of a stroke, get to a hospital. Don't don't mess with it. All right. So. That and then I called Nick and said to Nick, I had a stroke, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
<laughs> yeah, you can't let it ruin your life. You have to live your life. Yeah. That's the one thing I've learned is just be happy. Live your life. Enjoy it. It's all a journey. So how did you find us? Because it's a long time ago now. Okay. I was working out at a place, uh, H2, mm -hmm. with Heather. You know, you know Heather, yep. right? Heather. And uh, I loved Heather. Really liked Heather. Heather was really good. And uh, I just felt like I needed more weight. This was more geared. There were men, but it was more geared to, I don't know, like less weight. And I was getting stronger and I wanted to lift more weight. Mm -hmm. So I saw something about CrossFit and uh, I said, gee, I could like to do this, I think. So I called Nick. I got a hold of Nick. I called the gym. And I told him, I said, uh, I have all these things wrong with me. Can I do this? And he said, sure, come on in. And that was it. That's the start. And yeah. I came in and did most, I, not misleader, but I do a lot of it. I, I do what I can do. Yeah. I'm not throwing around 200 pounds, you know, even though I can lift 300 on a deadlift. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, we've done it. But, you know. I may cut down to 250 now. <laughs> <laughs> With each stroke, you go down 50 pounds. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, yeah. Yes. So, so you you started with us. We you know you talked about, hey, these are the you know the, the things that I'm concerned about. Do you feel comfortable with that? And we were like, yeah, definitely, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I feel fit. See, the most important thing to me is not winding up in a nursing home mm -hmm. atmosphere or being dependent on everybody, you know, being crippled in a chair or something. Now, the circumstances are beyond your control, but if you have control over it, lose the weight, get fit as you can. Get as fit as you can for your age and your time. That's all. This episode is brought to you by Punch Gunk. Punch Gunk is a pain relief and anti-inflammatory rub. Uh, you put it on your muscles, your joints, you're gonna feel a whole lot better if you use it. I know that a couple weeks ago, I had, my back was killing me from a deadlift workout. Couldn't bend over without strong discomfort. One of the players convinced me to use some, uh, rubbed it on my back. But 15 minutes later, I was doing muscle ups and snatches with no pain at all. I absolutely could not believe it, but it's true. They're a supporter of the podcast now. If you want to try it out, go to punchgunk.com. Use code SHARKS10. Uh, you'll get a discount. This stuff is amazing. It's all over my gym now. The Southwest Florida Sharks and the Florida Grid League use it. Big, big, big supporter of it now. Check it out at punchgunk.com. Use code SHARKS10 for a discount. What What do you remember about the first, like, couple months? Because it was you and me working together most of the time. Yeah, it was Nick and I. It was a, a really great class that they don't have anymore. It was called the <laughs> Nick and Joe 1030 class. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we had the 1030 a.m. class where nobody would show up except for you and me. Yeah, it was like having a personal trainer. <laughs> so I got undivided attention. Mm -hmm. All right. And uh, uh, Nick is very good. I, I must have. God, it's the second time I'm... <laughs> Praising him. Oh, man, this has got to stop. Man, taking me off my game here. All right. So, yeah, the fitness, the CrossFit is good because it's a challenge. And uh, it, a variety of different things. It's not just coming and doing the same machines over and over and blah, blah, blah. Even the bikes are hard. 
Mm-hmm. Even doing the bike is hard. Uh, the echo, they're they're brutal. It's like the hardest thing in the world. Uh, they're terrible. It never gets better either. Uh, I got up to like a half hour on it, and it's still lousy. You know, it's still terrible. It's not like you get used to it. Like the rower, uh, rowing. That's another part of this CrossFit is the rowing. That's endurable. That I can endure over a period of time. You know, you do the 10,000 meters, you know, Jim had a challenge mm-hmm. when it was a thousand meters and blah. That's okay. But the echo bike, no, no, I can't even get close to the amount of calories. I, I looked uh, the other night, uh, what was it? Tuesday night. And it was X amount of calories on the bike, right? There were t- uh, two young guys behind me talking about They're going to get 20 calories on the bike. And I'm going, okay, I can see the calorie mark. All right. So I'm pucking and pucking and pucking along, and oh god, man, this is brutal. Now they're moving pretty quick. I'm trying to keep up, but I'm going, oh man, I'm going to die on this. I look down, <laughs> it was five calories, <laughs> and then done with twenty. And I go, oh no, 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 no. Yeah, I remember working with you in the beginning was really fun, Joe, because you would lie to me all the time. And I, I remember I ran up to you one time, and I'm like, "What calorie are you on on the bike?" And you're like, "I don't know." <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean I don't know? I'm like, can you see the screen? You're like, nah. No. <laughs> that's like the rower. They have to have one person go by every once in a while and say, Joe, that's enough. <laughs> You've done enough. Because now in defense of Joe, you know, I am old and losing vision, but the light, the way the light casts sometimes, mm-hmm. you just can't see the numbers. Yeah. And that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> it's the lighting. <laughs> So at, at the beginning, right, when you when you came over and you were trying to, when you started working out with us, what were, what were some of the goals you had? Because I remember a couple of them. What were some of the goals you had right at the beginning? Well, I wanted to lose a couple of pounds, mm-hmm. and I wanted to get stronger. Mm-hmm. That's basically the, what I wanted to do. I wanted to increase the weight comfortably and do movements. Uh, again, the CrossFit is very good because it has practical movements in it. It's a functional moves, you know, th- you're lifting, you're pushing, you pull, you know, so it's things you do every day. And I wanted that extra strength for that because it gets, trust me, people, it gets harder as you get older, even getting off the floor without holding on to something is a major, major accomplishment. That one. I remember we talked about that at the yeah. beginning. You were like, that's really important to me that really I don't lose this, that I don't lose, that I can get up off the ground myself do you remember the things we did to make sure that in the beginning uh no i'm lucky i remember my name <laughs> i remember what we did in the beginning my god we've done a million workouts since then that's true at least, at least a million stuff like like uh burpees or um climbing up and down off of boxes and no the, the box work i like that's yeah. good that helps me working on like twisting so that you were able to get off your butt and onto yeah. your front right yeah 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 the russian twists yeah uh, and uh Push-ups help too, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Mm-hmm. It gives you the, because the way I get up is all fours and push-up. And uh, same, I'll tell you another thing that helps too is the, uh, what the hell are you, uh, the squats help, but the uh, the one knee. Uh, lunges, lunges. Lunges, yeah. I couldn't think of, oh yeah. <laughs> you gave well, me no context, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, it, read my mind. <laughs> I take back everything nice I said about him, all right? <laughs> You should know I meant lunges. Uh, <laughs> I said squats. Well, yeah, you know, the lunges help too, because they're hard. They're really hard. 
Well, yeah, oh, so that, okay, that, that leads me to my next one. What is the stuff that you do in here that you feel like is most beneficial to you? The stuff I do, I like the, the step ups. Mm -hmm. uh, I also like push ups. Uh, and believe it or not, the rope climbing modification. Of yeah. Joe. Yep. All right. And the other thing is the Joe pull up modification. Mm -hmm. uh, Nick has devised a, a way for me to do a pull up that uh, it, uh, it really helps. It really helps. And so knees to bar, knees to chest and all that. Uh, I enjoy all that. Yeah, every time you do the pull-up one, you come up to me and you go, uh, hey, I really felt that this time. No, you feel it. <laughs> you feel it because you get to hold more of your weight each time. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, Nick paid attention to me. Oh, God, this is the third nice come. <laughs> paid attention to the way I was doing it, and he made it a little more challenging each time. So it, it was very good. That helps. Uh, so all of it. Uh, the meta... The, <laughs> The balls, uh, they're they a killer. That's a killer. The wall balls, right? The wall balls. Oh, yeah, man, man, you can't look up. It's going to be more challenging. Oh, it's brutal. It's absolutely <laughs> brutal. Uh, and I don't have, I don't know how the kids can go down that far mm. and come up. And that motion, uh, that's foreign to me. That uh, doesn't compute. I can only go halfway down. Well, hold on. Give yourself some credit, right? Because when you first started with us, you couldn't squat. And I remember mm -hmm. that was one of the things we started working on at the beginning was making yeah. sure that you could get to an actual squat. Mm -hmm. Well, I get to uh, a box squat, a, par yeah. a parallel. Parallel, right? That's parallel. Joe, that's more than most people my age can do. That's pretty good. Oh, that's fine. That's good. Yeah. I'd rather, I'd really like to take 300 pounds and go deep mm -hmm. and come up, but that's not happening in my future. Can you remember what we got you up to on back squats? I know we used a box, but what did we get you to? Uh, 255. Yeah, right? Yeah. And I mean, it was good, man. It was solid. Yeah, three of them. There was three of them. I yeah. did three, three reps. So, yeah. And when I was lifting weights years ago, I don't think I did any more than 350, you know, and I was younger and mm -hmm. stronger. So you do lose some strength as you get older, but it's meaningless because you don't, you know, you're not tussling in the bars with everybody anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to push some old guy out of the pool. That's all. <laughs> Uh, I got some questions from the coaches that, that they, uh, they wanted me to ask you. So fitness for like longevity, right. Versus mm -hmm. fitness, you know, it's, it's just to be like as fit as possible. What, what's that been like for you? When, when did that change start? And, and what is your advice for people who want to work out for that reason? Uh, okay. For fitness, you want a general overall workout where you do everything. Mm -hmm. All right. And I'm going to incorporate something I wish I had done years ago. Now, I did Pilates, mm -hmm. which is very similar. But yoga, yoga, if you're young enough and you get keep flexible, that's the main thing as you get older, as you age, is the flexibility. And CrossFit helps with that also because of the functional moves. But uh, that's why I like CrossFit. I even do a little... Don't listen, Dorothy. A little running. <laughs> I did 100 meters the other night. The, jo uh, the Joe run. The Joe run. That's yep. a 100 meter run. And it's uh, a floppy jog at best. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I would say uh, make sure you incorporate flexibility in with, all, with working out. And again, uh, running isn't for everybody, but some sort of cardio. You need a cardio and you need the weights. You mm -hmm. need resistance, whether it's bands, body weight, whatever. First time I ever saw a CrossFit move, I was impressed at a gym. CrossFit was infancy. 
uh, years ago in a gym in New Jersey, and a guy came in, a kid, young guy, really good shape, and he did a muscle up. I said, oh my God, what the hell is that? Oh, wow, that is <laughs> impressive. I mean, you pull yourself up and then up over the bar. I said, wow. And uh, they do them all the time here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at that time, that was like, it really impressed me. And uh, that's about it on the fitness. Oh, one other point on the trade center. You want an interesting uh, yeah. fact? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. My father was retired. And they called him back from retirement to weld the TV tower supports for the trade center. When was that? Uh, 1970. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was retired and they called him the union. And they said, because he was a electrician and a welder. Right, which I did a little welding, but not the way he did. Mm. And it, they wanted somebody to specifically for the trade center for this tower. So they called him in with other people. But uh, it, there's an interesting story about uh, he supposedly, the story I heard, he was on the elevator. Japanese embassy was in the trade center back in the day for a while. They couldn't rent the trade center. All right, the trade center was unrentable in the opening years because it swayed oh it swayed like a ship i mean it was uh, unbelievable on the upper floor so they had the new york state since the state was the port authority owned it the tri-state owned it there were a lot of state offices the compensation board was in there a couple other things the review boards and blah 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 and there was a couple of embassies temporarily and there was a Japanese embassy and my father's in the elevator with a bunch of Japanese gentlemen. And they said, they asked him, excuse me, because you had to switch elevators to get to certain floor. And they asked him, what elevator? And he says, you found Pearl Harbor, didn't you? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> that shows you the personality of dear old dad. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That sounds like something you'd say to me in the middle of a class. Oh no, he was like a—he was a, a tough dude. He mm. was the one. He was a, a little crinkly on the edges. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so, what else? Uh, so somebody asked me to ask you about this. You have been sober for forty plus years now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. How how, how did you go about that, and how do you how do you maintain that for so long? Uh, what well. Uh, I kind of remember uh, smoking and drinking and what, uh, I'll give you the story of what happened mm. to what Dorothy would complain about my drinking and uh, all these wild things would happen, you know, ballerinas and machine guns, all kinds of great stuff. <laughs> all right. Might be, oh yeah. <laughs> Having no limits drunk in the city is insane. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, uh, went to a new year's Eve party. And we sat down and we were a little late, right? And this guy was annoying me and he was a work partner of mine. I never liked him, but everybody liked his wife. She was a sweetheart. And he said, I, he said something jerky to me about work. And I said, Bobby, I don't want to talk about it. And he said something. I said, you know, Bobby, nobody really likes you. Just be quiet and stay over in the corner. Jesus, you're annoying. And he turns to everybody and he says, Oh, you can tell Joe's been drinking. And I hadn't had a drop. So I said, aha, as long as you have a reputation of alcohol, 
nobody will take you serious. They'll, they'll assume what you're saying is under the influence of the alcohol mm. instead of what you've really felt like, especially in this type of atmosphere. So then, <laughs> uh, you're not going to believe this one. So Dorothy says, you got to do something. You got to do something. So I said, okay. So I, uh, what am I going to do? So I went to an AA meeting. And that was the worst thing I ever did at this particular meeting because it was all my drunken buddies. And everybody would drink in the parking lot after the meeting. It was terrible. I mean, it really was a disgrace, right? So I said, I got to do something. So I found a psychiatrist that specialized in this. And his name was Dr. Head. <laughs> okay. Dr. Head had an office in a high rise on Staten Island. And I, I go in for the first time and I'm sitting in the waiting room and there's patients, people in there. And they were talking and, and apparently you're in for a while. Sessions take time. So you're in talking to the other patients waiting for your time to come up. And I was giving them advice, right? So apparently he heard this or his secretary told him or the receptionist and he comes out with his diploma and he announces to the room, I have the diploma. He doesn't. All right. <laughs> so I said, okay, uh, sorry. So now I got thrown out of the psychiatrist's office. All right. Because you're giving everybody advice in the well, office. But this is stupid stuff. I mean, it's, I mean but my daughter doesn't listen to me. I said, well, tell her. I mean, you know, I mean it was crazy. These people were absolutely like needy or whatever. So I didn't belong there. So then I said, oh, I just got to give it up. So that's what I did. I went to a couple of more AA meetings, you know, better meetings, uh, different in a different part of town. Mm -hmm. And uh, went to a couple of those, but I didn't stay with it. I just decided not to drink anymore because it became a lot easier as far as working and, and relationships, you know. And then once it wasn't a habit anymore, it was... Once it's not a habit. And then I gave up smoking uh, because without the drink and the cigarette, I mean, neither one, you know. Now, smoking was hard, but or drinking was fairly easy. And funny, I'll give you an anecdote on this. I go to parties. And what the reason I told my party people that I stopped drinking was because I had hypoglycemia. So I'd go to a party and somebody would come up, oh, come on, Joe, you got to have a beer or a drink. And somebody else would come up and say, oh, no, Joe has hypoglycemia. Oh, hypo, whatever it is. He can't drink. Uh, oh, what a great excuse. <laughs> so no one ever bothered me to drink because they, your fellow drunks don't like it when you're sober. All right. So. Yeah, we have a, we have a couple, couple sober people at the gym. And I feel that's one of the really common things I've heard is that, right? Yeah. Your friends want you to drink because they like the company mm. or they think you're a better person when you drink because you're more, f whatever reason, but it's there for their selfish reason, mm. not your reason. So eh, it worked out. Dorothy and I stayed together and she didn't leave me and I didn't get fired on any jobs or anything. And before that, it was who knew, you know, it mayhem. I am very glad it worked out because you're such a jerk. I couldn't imagine if Dorothy wasn't around how much more of a jerk you'd be. Like I said, machine guns and ballet dancers, kid. <laughs> what does so so Joe's got the the coolest wife in the world. What what does she think about you doing this 
you know, as an important thing in your life at 77 years old. Oh, Dorothy expects a phone call from Nick every day to <laughs> come and pick up the body. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy's happy because I still carry her luggage and, whoa, just broke the chair. There we go. That's that strength we're working on. Holy Christ. What kind of crappy sitting in here? <laughs> right? Uh, assassination attempt number two. <laughs> So, yeah, Dorothy's happy because we get to travel. And uh, I, this sounds chauvinistic, but I'm the great protector. Always have been, like, not a hovering person. But I carry the bags. I make sure everything's safe. And, you know, I'm very aware. See, growing up in the city, you, you're aware of your surroundings a lot. Mm. You, you, you can sense danger, right? Uh, there's been some instances over the years where I knew something was brewing. And I was right. You know, there were shootings and things and beatings. And one time I was in a bar and uh, I said to my partner, I said, let's get out. And uh, with that, a guy comes in as we're leaving with bat, him and a couple other guys with bats. And they just destroyed the people in the bar. Yeah. They threw him out of the bar early or whatever. So that little instinct, you know, <laughs> back away. I went. So that's what she likes, you know, the fact that I'm active. Right, and, because you're staying active, you it still feel like you can do a lot of those things, right? I can do most everything. Yeah. yeah. Matter of fact, there's nothing I can't do. I'm the jar opener. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The jar, <laughs> damn, some of these jaws are brutal, too. <laughs> <laughs> She come out one with the, I think it was the pickle jar, and she says, "Open this." And I had just had the hernia surgery, and I said, "Oh no, 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 <laughs> oh, no, 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 Because <laughs> that would just be the worst way to get laid oh, up again. Because <laughs> that's a whole body opening experience. Yeah. So she's happy with the workouts and all this, and she's happy. She likes that I have fun. You know, it's a hobby. This is like a hobby, mm -hmm. but. Uh, a good hobby, you know, unlike the drinking and the smoking and the, and the messing around. Uh, so th this coming week, right? So next week we have our Shark Bite Classic. That's our in-house competition we do. Mm -hmm. Now we do it with all three gyms, right? Uh, you and I partnered up for the first one we did, right? Yeah. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, we won. Yeah. yeah. What do you remember about that? Uh, I remember being challenged. I forget the weight. I think it was 50 pound dumbbell. 50 pound dumbbell. Yeah. Right. And I had to do a clean with the 50 pound dumbbell. And uh, that was a challenge. But it, being in the competition, I did it. Right. It was tough. And another time uh, we were in one uh, where I had to clean the 110 pounds. With the barbell, right? With the barbell. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I had never done a clean with the barbell, really. Mm -hmm. You know, just the practice of fooling around. And that was uh, interesting. But you do it, you know, because it's competition. Yeah. yeah. You really strive. I think you you were the crowd favorite of that day because what we had, was it wall walks, right? Yeah. And yeah. you would get up on the wall and you would finish yourself fast. And then I'd have to go and I'd be like, Joe, I need a, <laughs> I, I need a break, dude. <laughs> like, I'm so tired. And you would turn to the crowd and you'd be like, can you believe this turd? <laughs> oh, it, it, I'll tell you what, it's amazing how lazy some people are. It really is. This is a competition. You're supposed to be pumped, okay? You're supposed to rip things off the wall. But not 
La da 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 da. <laughs> I'm Nick. I want to look good. Yes. <laughs> I just remember you would go so fast, and I'd be like, Joe, that was four seconds. Well, I'm I, so tired. Well, let's like when I was uh, in several of the competitions, I, the open. I go through the things really quick, mm -hmm. uh, which is a detriment. Uh, doing the exercises that fast, but that's the way I learned and my brain's geared that way or whatever. Uh, I have to do the exercises fast. So poor Nick is lumping along, looking yep. at the ball going, oh God, I got to do this after this clown. Yep. That's now, in his defense, his ball was twice the weight as mine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he is two times younger. I'm only two times younger. That's terrifying. Oh. Oh no. Be scared. Oh no. No, actually, <laughs> yeah, you're you're uh, half. Yeah, I'm. So I'm. Yeah, I'm half. 33. You're 117. It's about the same. Mummified. I'm a mummified <laughs> 117. Yes. So you talked about this right at the beginning, right? Right. What, what's it like being around younger people? Because you you know you're the oldest person in class. I'll tell you what, it's interesting. And okay, all right. One thing that me personally never did, no matter where I was or what situation I was in, was said, gee, it was better in the other situation, right? I try and make the best of whatever situation I'm in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mingle with young people even though they don't know half of what you're saying. They, you, you, like Nick before, I brought up Arthur Godfrey, right? Which was so common back when I was young, Arthur Godfrey, that people know, oh yeah, Arthur Godfrey. Nick had no clue. So therefore he didn't know Honda Loki or Julius LaRosa or the big scandal or- Nope. No, nope, none, none of this. So mix, mixing with young people, you, you get to learn a little more. Like I learned what this actually podcast is. Yeah, we were talking about what a podcast was before you before we started this. Because right. You were like, what what is a podcast? What is, what, yeah. what, what what justifies in in the earth a podcast? <laughs> okay. Why are we having this conversation? Why, why is this happening? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm here like uh, like a pilot. <laughs> Headphones and this microphone thing. That's what brought up Arthur Godfrey. Arthur Godfrey had the mic in front of him and Hawaii, uh, Hawaii. Yeah, okay. All right, say you would have liked Arthur Godfrey. And a free bag of Lipton tea bags when you went to the show. I told Nick about that too. Yes. My mother liked the tea bags. The other show I went to as a kid with my mother was Feather Your Nest. It was a game show, I'll tell you what. It was a game show that was on that you had to answer questions. And uh, my mother put her name in, went from the audience. And my father got selected to go on the show. And he wouldn't go. <laughs> and so <laughs> my mother, that's started a big fight, you know. But Feather and Nest, yeah, they're good old shows. You can see it on MeTV. That's the old. All right, so getting back on some. MeTV. MeTV. Okay. Sorry, right, back on Getting back yeah. <clears throat> It's really nice because they're talking about their kids, their spouses, their lives, their jobs, stuff that aren't, you know, are foreign to me now. Like having a child now, totally different ballgame. Mm -hmm. right? It's different than when I had my, my boys. Even school is different. Everything's different. You know, it's not 
the old days. It's the new times. Like somebody asked me what my opinion was on this. And I thought, I have none because it's not my time. It's the young people's time. All right. I, it, I have no horse in this race. I mean, I'm old. So let the future belong to the people that are going to be in the future. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's some old crankbuck going, oh, no, back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> we did it my way. Yeah. So it's nice being around the young people. Plus, you learn that they never take their face out of the phone. Yes. How weird is that? That's weird to me. Yeah. Because, that they're so good at it. Because I suck at the phone. I I can't see the I, the apps. Right? I get on the app and I have to expand. I went I got a magnifying glass that I keep. And I, I hold the magnifying glass to the text. Because right? I can't see the text. Oh, uh, you laugh. Uh, right, that, laugh. Makes, that makes me so happy. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to tell the story. So over quarantine, right? Remember we, yeah. were, we were doing uh, bingo every Friday. Yes. And <laughs> all right, so on Friday, I would run bingo from my house and we would do it on Zoom with, with all the members who wanted to come to it. We'd have between like 20 and 40 people on there every Friday. And I remember you and Dorothy would be there and some, oh, your son was there for a couple of them, right? Mm -hmm. And Wasn't this called Trivia Night? Oh, not bingo. I'm sorry. Yeah, Trivia Night. Who's got the Alzheimer's the, now? <laughs> 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 All right. So not bingo. I was talking to you and I thought of bingo. I'm sorry. I don't know why that popped up. Um, yeah. So Trivia, Trivia for my house. And you, you guys would be there. And I remember... We were putting you into breakout rooms, right? Which is where, remember, that's when we would yeah. separate people yeah. to your teams. And I remember being very aware that you were suffering from the technology deficit because at one point you were trying to ask Alexa what the answers to the questions were and didn't know that I was in the room with you and you were asking it on your other device. Mm. But it was oh, going know, into you the know, Zoom. You know who did that? <laughs> I, uh, my son, Jay. Uh, uh, was staying was with me staying with us and uh, he said to me i forget what the question was and the bad thing about trivia with younger people is their trivia is i never even heard of it okay <laughs> it hasn't happened yet to me so my trivia is arthur Godfrey and hana loki okay back in the day so he said to me dad very simple go alexa what's the date well what's this and i said oh okay so that's when Nick caught me cheating on you. Yeah, he's, he's holding another phone. He's going, Alexa, Alexa, Alexa. And it wasn't, I, I was doing the wrong one. Alexa's the other thing. It's serious the one Siri. with the phone. Right? <laughs> and then I also remember when we were doing the trivia and we do also Zoom classes, right? Zoom, mm -hmm. like, yeah, like work, Zoom workout class. classes. You would try to exit out of, the video and you kept missing the button. I kept, yeah, I couldn't see it. Yeah. So I don't think I told you this for the first couple of weeks. I would just let you pretend to hit the button a bunch of times. And then after I stopped laughing, I would kick you out of the room. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, the fun times of being blind. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but I do have the magnifying glass and it has a little light on it too. So I can read, I have trouble reading. Well, so you, you're saying like the older people should talk to the younger people because it's just to keep enlightened. In other words, it's not a child 
not a relative. It's a person that has no stake in you except being nice, mm -hmm. right? You learn a lot. You, you learn what's happening in now in society, just listening to them also, because they have the, da the daily problems that I had many years ago, but they're different problems now. They're, they're different. They're the same because they're problems with children or school or jobs, but they're different. Jobs are different. School is different. Children are different. Mm. You know, it's uh, night and day. Uh, I don't know what is better. You sacrifice one thing to get another thing, like uh, manners. Uh, they don't seem to be important anymore. They're not stressed the way they were. Like, I can't, I even say thank you to Siri. All right. Which I, <laughs> I, it's, it's ingrained in me. Or, or sir. All right. Or uh, miss or man. You know, it's just ingrained mm. to say hello. Another, uh, even, if I walk into a store, I say hello to the people, you know, because it's ingrained in me. That's the way. But that doesn't seem to be as important. Uh, and I don't know. I, I don't, there's no good or bad, but now there's a, I would have loved to been a child today with computer. Mm -hmm. My God. And not having to go to a library. I used to have to go to a library, get a library card, sit in a library and read the books and research and the Delaney cards going through. You had to know the author and the book. Oh, it was complicated. This, you press a button. It's terrific. I, I I was right. I told the nuns years ago, I said, I don't really have to know how to read. And they said, why? And I said, because it'll be on tape because they had tape recorders. I said, I just listened to it on tape. And I was right. <laughs> you were. We're going to get you hooked up on a bunch of podcasts when this is over so you can listen to them. Yeah. I, like I said, I didn't know what it was. I do do YouTube. I am happy enough to do YouTube. Yeah. So that, that I got. The, so the same way you're saying that older people should listen to younger people. I know like personally, you know, having you in my life for me and a lot of other people is really, it, it's eye opening and it's helpful and it's super rewarding, you know? Well, it, it shows you that if you keep up what you're doing, you know, everybody likes to be okay. You're doing your right path. Uh -huh. So if you keep fit, uh, like I was telling Nick beforehand, when I, after I broke my neck, I got really laid up. I, I was in a brace after the surgery and I was in the hospital for a while. And then I had this brace on uh, and I couldn't take it off for eight months and it, things. And being a, a worker and a workout person, you eat, okay? So I ate the same amount of food being laid up. And I was taking the painkillers because I was in agony all the time. And not that they're addictive, but they have consequences. They, they're not really good for your body. There's consequences for everything mm -hmm. that you take. So I went up to 300, I think it was 300, when I finally weighed myself 302 pounds, which was way over. I was a big fatty slob, you know, and I didn't realize it until I saw a picture of myself. And that's when I said, I got to get back into fitness. And I started out slow and worked worked my way back in different types of fitness. And I, I like it all. Mm -hmm. I like all the fitness. And active. You want to stay active. You want to go kayaking. I I used to do whitewater kayaking. And that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. River rafting. Uh, 
Yeah, I've, seen, I've seen pictures of that. Yeah. Yeah. The one picture, the woman <laughs> rode a kayak right over the top of me. <laughs> Another time, I got stuck under a, a pontoon. They had a guide company going down the river. They used to release the water from the dams. Most, most rivers are dammed now. So when you get the white water, it's a release from the dam and it's dates that they release. That's automatic release. So the tour companies pile about 20 people into these pontoons and they go down the same river to you're in this kayak. And I had this pontoon. People weren't, can't, they're supposed to be steering it, but they're not. They're, they're not controllable, these things. Came right over the top of me and pinned me, but I got out. I mean, I didn't drown to die, so I'm here, but I got out. But that's twice I had, it was so crowded on that river that day that I got ran over. Well, dude, so having you, <clears throat> having you around, right? I think you do a really good job of, you know, for me personally, giving me perspective on a lot of things, right? Mm. Like, you know, you know this. Anyone who doesn't know this, Joe and I are really good friends. He, we talk probably far more than the average 77 and 33 year old would speak, but. You're only 33? Yeah, man, I'm young. Whoa. Right, I'm a young buck. You okay, better, you better start eating better. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're one of the people when I get uh, amped up, who will be like, "Hey, man, like, calm down. There's yeah. you, got, you got a long life ahead of you. You got you got that. You know, there's there's no race. There's no rush to no, the thing you're trying to get. It's all the journey. Yeah. Enjoy it. Even the even the bad parts. You go, that's something you can look back on. And go, oh, thank God I survived that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's all good. It's. The alternative is the dirt nap, and that's not a good one. Well, what, what would you get? So, what advice would you give to the other younger people, man? Because you're like, you know, you're the you're the sage grandpa at the gym. Uh, stay in a frame of niceness and happy. Uh, don't overreact to things. Uh, and this is from me that had a stroke because I, I overreacted. But I've learned since then: don't overreact. It will everything will pass. It will work out. Everything does work out in the end. Maybe not exactly the way you want it, but it will work out. It keeps going. So eh, basically try and be happy. Enjoy enjoy what you're doing. Or don't do it. Because <laughs> 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 you have a choice. You know, you could enjoy or not enjoy. Mm -hmm. right? And I know you enjoy. Uh, you're a very good instructor and coach and uh, help me out a lot. Because I would kill myself throwing 200 pounds around. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be the body in the corner. That's one of that. This doesn't happen as much anymore, but this is one of my favorite older moments for the two of us is a class of like, you know, nine or 10 people. And then you're in the corner and you're purposely trying to get in a way that I can't see you so that you do something. And I'm like, hey, Joe, you know, you can't do that. And you're like, <laughs> well, you know, like with the squats, I set up one day to do the heavy squats without the box. And you, <laughs> uh, it's like a, a mommy, yeah, the babysitter. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's been a good experience. I've had it fun. One thing I can honestly say, uh, put it on my tombstone, he had, he had a good time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Enjoy yourself. It's It's a must. Yeah, you always told me that the unicorn we had up in the rafters, you mm. said, uh, one day you're going to live in that and haunt me. Oh, I'll be here haunting. Yes. <laughs> Annoying. <laughs> You'll hear hear the whisper in your brain. <laughs> Slug. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I think you've answered this already, but 
Is it intimidating for you ever as an older person to be working out with all the young people? No, but it's annoying that I can't throw around a weight. Mm -hmm. All right. Because a young, even the young girl, ladies, girl, well, I call girls, sorry, sorry, ladies, uh, girls, because they are young, strong. They're mm -hmm. stronger than I am. They're strong. Right. And it's frustrating to me because I used to be a strong guy. And I can't get that type of strength back because too many injuries. So I can't do that. But that's what you want to be. You want to be as strong as you can be because it, life is tough. I mean, there's a lot of roadblocks in a way. You got to make sure you're in good enough shape to do what you can do and enjoy yourself. Like I said, paddleboard, kayak, swim, run, whatever you want, but enjoy it. You go out, enjoy, do things. If we've had this conversation privately before, but if you were talking to another older person who's not working out and they wanted to try it, but they were worried or intimidated or whatever, what would you tell them? Get off and get your ass out of the chair and start moving. All right. That's the whole game is to move. It doesn't matter what you do. All right. Move. Just get up and move. All right. I cannot believe and understand the sedentary life of the people my age that I know. Uh, it would drive me nuts. I, when I had COVID, I was stuck in the house. I was went out of my mind mm -hmm. and I did workouts, body workouts, because you just, how could you sit there and lay there all day? I mean, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Cause you, me and Steph had it at the same time. Remember? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's another thing we shared. We were, yes. we were texting each other, comparing like breathing patterns per day. Oh, I had to, about four people call me and say, what symptom do you have today? Because every day, funny thing about the way I had it is every day it'd be a new symptom and it'd go away. Uh, one day it would be uh, loose stool. Another day it would be cough. And it would just last a day. And then a new symptom would pop up and that would go away. Then when I finally, I, I called the doctor again after I got the test, he called me, excuse me, he called me and said, oh, you're COVID positive. And I said, great. I've had it, you know, for two weeks now and I'm over it. So he says, okay, you're done. <laughs> so I got the test. That's how long it took to get the test yeah, and that? the results. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, that's it, when it was like a three week wait for the test. Oh, it yeah. sucked. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like terrible. Mm -hmm. Oh, so. What, uh, what else do you want to say, Joe? I mean, this is your, this is your, you got a mic in your face. You got a headphones on or recording. Anything else you want to say? Well, I have really nothing important to say. I mean, I have no real important <laughs> earth shattering <laughs> philosophies. I mean, it's all in a book somewhere. Right? Yeah. No, no, just, uh, keep doing what you're doing. If you're listening, I guess you look up fitness. If you're in fitness in any way, keep doing it. And it really will help you as you get older because, man, it gets tougher. It gets really tough. I mean, there's aches. Uh, woe is me, poor Joe, but you're in pain 24-7 as you get older. Uh, it, somewhere. Something's going to hurt. A finger, a thumb, or your foot, your toe. You get a cramp. You know, it's just, it's unbelievable. <laughs> but it helps if you're in shape and move. Keep moving. That's uh no matter what. And my other advice is don't get a puppy when you're 77 years old. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, get to, how many times you message me like this fucking dog. Oh God. Oh God. It won't stop. My next hope is next week. Uh, we're going to another vet 
for a spade that was fixed and uh, hopefully that will calm her down. This, I'm telling she runs on walls, runs around <laughs> the living room from couch to chair. She'll fly six foot in the air and land on Dorothy in the, in the lounge chair. All right. <laughs> Poor Dorothy's got bruises. I have cuts and bruises from her banging into me. When she's let out of the crate or comes in from a walk, you yell, incoming because see, it's a <laughs> rocket ship coming in and she wants to be at you, yeah. So, learning experience, yes. I would have been better off, Nick mentioned something about it, about getting an older dog and calm and blah, blah, blah. This thing is a, <laughs> I walk her about three miles a day, just trying to, and it still runs around the walls. It's just like insane, just nuts. Um, Joe, you have been a, a great friend to me and an inspiration for a lot of people here. Um, so thank you. Thank you for doing this podcast. I can't wait to teach you what a podcast is. You can listen to it later. Uh, you're putting too much pressure on me. I'm an icon. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if, if anybody wants to work out with Joe, uh, just come join us in the lessons class. And if you have, you know, a, a, a parent or a grandparent or an aunt and uncle, who want to, you know, make a positive life change, come come join this cranky old man with us uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 1045. Yes. I'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. I'll be there tomorrow. I, I didn't so. sign up yet, but I, I'll, I, the cleaning people come tomorrow, so I have to vacate. <laughs> so I got to get out of the house. I, I don't like being there when they're cleaning. So uh, that's it. Cool. That's it. That's it. All right. We're done. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us today on the Shark Bite Show. If you'd like to get a hold of us, you can find us on Facebook or Instagram at Shark Bite Fitness and Nutrition or on our website at sharkbitefitness.com. If you'd like to find out more about our guests, their information will be in the show notes. If you'd like to talk to us about getting more fit, feel free to schedule a free no sweat intro at one of our locations in Cape Coral, Fort Myers, or Naples, Florida.